My guest this week on the show is Stan Phelps. Stan's brand is stanphelpsspeaks.com. He is a keynote speaker and workshop facilitator working with a bunch of corporate clients. He's based in the Research Triangle Park in North Carolina. You might also know Stan from a series of books he's produced, all of which have the word goldfish in the title, Green Goldfish, Grey Goldfish, and Purple Goldfish. Stan is a CSP or Certified Speaking Professional. That, by the way, is a designation or acronym from the NSA, the National Speakers Association in the US. And Stan's going to tell us today what that is, uh, how he got it, and how perhaps you might be able to obtain that certification too. What's also interesting is Stan's background. He worked in the corporate space, as many of you have, and uh, many guests on the show have as well. Stan left some really prestigious roles working in marketing. He's the former head of global sports marketing, specifically for tennis. He worked for Adidas in that role, and that was over in the Netherlands. And before that, he was brand marketing manager for the New York Yankees, the world-famous baseball team. So in this week's episode, we're going to talk about how Stan came to be where he is today, uh, the kinds of business uh, the kinds of programs or workshops that he produces, the effect his books have had on his business, and of course, where his business is going next. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the Training Business Podcast. This is the weekly show for people like you and me. If you're a self-employed consultant, a facilitator, a coach, a trainer, or you're thinking of starting that journey, then this is the podcast for you. And the focus of this show is on the business of training, of facilitating, of speaking, and that's the focus of this week's episode specifically. So if you're thinking about making money from your experience, your programs, workshops, courses, books, keynotes, etc., then you've come to the right place. My name is Mark. I'm a self-employed trainer. I'm a coach and a published author. And as I kind of say half-jokingly, I've been employed, unemployed, and self-employed. And I've worked, of course, in the corporate space in learning and development management. Every Thursday, there is an episode of this show to help you wherever you are on this journey. Perhaps you are listening um, and thinking you'd like to be a guest on the show, or you're thinking that you'd like to contribute something to the show in terms of a suggestion, then please mail me directly. My email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com. I'd love you to click on the follow button right now or the subscribe button, and that will notify you of great episodes as they come out. It takes absolutely well, a couple of seconds, but really means so much to me and the team. Stan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thank you for having me. Where are you speaking to us live from today? From a place called Cary, North Carolina, mm -hmm. which is part of the, what's called the Research Triangle. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... The reason you're on actually is a couple of things. Um, first of all, you've got some great books. Um, you've got a keynote speaker brand called stanphelpsspeaks.com. What I like to do with these kinds of episodes is to go back to your past and perhaps trace us or you to the following 
to the day that we're in today, which is how did you get from where you were to where you are? You've been a, a bunch of things uh, over the years, um, but your brand these days is stanphelpspeaks.com. Let's go back in time to sure. where you realized, hey, this is something I want to do. Um, I love doing this, um, and I have an idea for what my brand should be. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I, um, my background comes from a couple decades working in marketing. So I started Mark on the agency side, working in sports with a agency called IMG, mm-hmm. and then went to Mark, Mark McCormick's group, right? Mark McCormick's group, yeah, the late Mark McCormick. Yeah, and um, when I, I transitioned from there to the brand side, so I worked for Adidas or Adidas, depending on where you where you're at. <laughs> um, proper way is Adidas, by the way. So I spent about almost nine years with with um with adidas and working in um tennis and baseball um and just managing marketing and promotion mm-hmm. um went from there to work in golf for a couple of years with the pga of america and then i went back to the agency side with a group called synergy where i created kind of brand experiences um event type of experiential marketing and uh, I realized this is around 2007, 2008. I was kind of heading up creative and business development for the agency that a, a really good way to market myself was going to events and networking and meeting people. And then I realized that, you know, if you were a speaker at those events, that that was that carried a little bit of cachet. And I was like, well, what do you have to do to be a, I want to be a speaker. How do you? Well, you have to start writing. You have to have a point of view. So back in 2008, I started a blog, probably like many other people did back then, and started writing about all different topics in marketing. And I was looking, Mark, for like that one topic that I could go deep on. And I, and I found it and I ended up creating a, a kind of a new blog and a new project called the Purple Goldfish Project. And short story long, crowdsourced over a thousand examples of this type of marketing. And it culminated in a book, the first in the, the Goldfish series called the Purple Goldfish. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh and I that book came out. I I started to get asked, I got asked to speak in Sweden and in Canada and around the US. And I went, you know, I enjoy writing. Um, uh, and I decided a little over 10 years ago to make the leap to do this full time writing, speaking, training. Okay. What made you feel you want to leave the corporate space? Um, chief solutions officer at Synergy before that director of marketing and events, PGA worldwide golf, uh, Mm -hmm. Adidas or Adidas head of global sports marketing. What prompted you to say, I'm going to leave corporate and work for myself. That's a huge risk, particularly if you've got family. Yeah. F- family, single income household to boot, uh, two small kids. I, I just, I, I saw that marketing was changing and that I was part of the problem and not part of the solution. And I felt like I, um, I just had a purpose to kind of do my part to shift a paradigm on on marketing and um took a leap and it wasn't you know 
had had to cash in some savings to to create the runway and um you know i always knew hey if it didn't work i could always go back but i think after 10 years i'm probably unemployable okay and, and the idea for purple goldfish which um uh, inevitably when you say that phrase you you picture a goldfish that's purple which is kind of uh, counterintuitive where did that come from so the the goldfish is got a couple inspirations but one is that it was my first pet as a child do you remember your first pet mark i do a terrapin yes gotcha <laughs> so i uh my first pet was a gold i was six years old i threw the you know this carnival game where you throw the ping pong ball and um i'll never forget it. his name was oscar and oscar was pretty small like maybe like four or five centimeters like an inch inch and a half and um come to find out that the average goldfish mark grows to be the size of your thumb so about eight to nine centimeters about three three and a half inches well it turns out that the world's largest goldfish is about 50 centimeters now not a carp or a koi just an average common ordinary goldfish and so that intrigued me like why do some grow to be you know average or even smaller than average and then some grow to be the size of an average domesticated house cat that's like six that would be like you walking mark out of your home or your apartment right and bumping into somebody who's three stories tall and so the the quick story is that there's five reasons why that goldfish will grow and those five reasons apply to everyone who's listening right now uh, do you want me to go through them real I, I can't wait yeah absolutely yeah so the first one most people have heard if you're a goldfish is that your growth is determined by the size of the bowl or the pond that you're in and it's a direct correlation so the bigger the bowl the right the more you can grow and that is simply if you're in business that is simply the market that you serve right the bigger the market you serve the more you can grow the second thing and this one's a inverse relationship your growth is also determined by the amount of other goldfish in that bowl or the pond right so the more goldfish the less you typically grow the less gold goldfish you your your growth is enhanced so who are they they are simply your your competition right the uh the more competition you have the harder it's going to be to grow um the third i tell people used to be the most difficult till march of 2020 so you're if you're a goldfish your growth is also influenced by the quality of your surrounding environment so the water that you're in um and the better the more nutrients the clearer the water the more you grow um and so in business that's kind of more of a macro thing it's the economy the you know tariff regulations access can be able to access capital consumer confidence all those things that you don't control will determine how 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 much you grow um number four for goldfish is how they do when they're born so their first 120 days um a baby goldfish is called a fry and I don't know if you have this, you have the saying small fry. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, that's a, that's a reference to us, a, a baby goldfish. You know, they're, they've got a 80 to a hundred brothers and sisters when they're born. 
So how they get out of the gate in those critical first four months will determine how big they ultimately get. So, you know, in business, that's simply how you do when you start up, right? Um, or when you launch a new product or service, how that does in that first critical period will determine how well. Um, and then the last, and this is kind of the payoff is for goldfish. It's their genetic makeup. So what's, you know, how strong are their genes? How much are they separated from everyone else? And the stronger their genes mark and the more that they're separated from everyone else, typically the bigger they grow. If their genes are weak and they're like everyone else, the less they grow. Um, and so what's that in business? I, I believe it's the extent that you're different from everyone else. And kind of the payoff is that assuming you've been in business for more than four months, if we throw that one out, what do you have control over? Do you have control over the market? No. How about your competition? No, not unless you're acquiring them, right? Does anyone listening right now have control over the economy? Please see me after the podcast. <laughs> right? The the only the, the takeaway is the only thing that you control is how you differentiate. And this is important, not just what you do, but how you do it and why you do it. And so purple, the, the goldfish is just a metaphor for growth via differentiation. Um, and I've, there's 17 books now in the series. Goldfish is part of every one of those titles because it's all about that concept of growth via differentiation. The, which of those books then was the game changer for you that brought you to the attention of your current clients? So uh, purple, purple was foundational because, you know, I was taught as a traditional marketer, right? That it's all about the prospect and getting them into the funnel, right? And going through the stages and to conversion. And my premise is your, your best marketing is done by your current customers, right? And the best form of marketing is referral and word of mouth. Um, and so, Instead of focusing 100% of your attention in marketing on the prospect, my thought was, how do you take some of that time and attention and resources and focus it on the customers you already have in creating a great differentiated experience that gets you the referrals you want? How much of your business relies then on those, those referrals as a oh. facilitator, as a keynote speaker? As a, so all, all, all I do is either keynotes or workshops, um, 75% easy. And I think that's, you know, that's probably, I think 70, 70% is probably the average within the speaking business from my experience mm -hmm. and talking to other people. So you, you deliver keynotes, uh, you, they're paid, I guess, right? Mm hmm. Right. Yes. Is that then as a, a top of funnel activity to get people into your workshops? You know, everyone comes comes to me from a different perspective and a different need. Um, certainly, you know, you can only go so far with a keynote in terms of 
keynote for me is about getting people kind of thinking a little bit differently, but you really don't get a chance to get into, you know, pulling it apart from a framework perspective or applying the knowledge. And so, yeah, sometimes those keynotes develop into a workshop or a program that I've called a goldfish tank experience. Um, but then some people will come to me straight away and say, Hey, we have this issue. And now with the series of books, I have workshops that address a variety of, of, of things. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's all different. So let's dig into that. What kind of things do people come to you for? Let's let's say I think of Stan Phelps. I think of Goldfish. I read the book. Why would I hire you? What kinds of problems do you solve for my uh, business? Yeah. So the the overarching concept is the idea. The they have to value the idea of creating a differentiated experience, mm -hmm. and that is from a customer perspective. So how do I do things to to make it easier for my customers? How do I find ways to add value um, to, to the interactions that I have with customers? Um, there's the employee side of the equation, which I think is often overlooked. Right? If you don't have happy, engaged employees, there's no chance you're having great customer experiences. So there's that bit of how do you... Um, reinforce the culture you want? How do you help drive engagement within your organization? And then lastly, uh, the main one is more of a brand experience. And that is, you know, from a strategy perspective, how do we figure out ways to stand out in the marketplace and achieve that competitive separation? Um, those are the three main ones I have kind of Sometimes people will come to me. I do some work around technology in customer experience, um, the importance of purpose and reinforcing your intent. Um, and how do you bring that to life? Um, and then I have a couple of books on ones on kind of generate leading across the generations, one book on speaking, um, and presentation skills. Um, I have a book on kind of sales and client management and how to how to excel under pressure. Um, but the the main ones are around either the customer, the employee, or the brand experience. Right. So what's interesting as I'm hearing you talk about is uh, uh, speaking is, is the importance it is for your business. Lots of people that um, I connect with, work with, aren't yet speakers. Why don't we look at that for a second? Sure. Your brand is stanphelpspeaks.com, uh, Stan um, which almost suggests that you're leading with, with keynotes. You have a demo reel and you have a certification called Certified Speaking Professional. I'd love to know more about that. How significant or important is the, the demo reel to attracting paid work uh, as a speaker and uh, workshop facilitator? Yeah, I think, I think a couple of things. This is a word of mouth business. So one, um, there, there's nothing that replaces Mark was in a session with Stan, right? And Mark's part of a committee or the group that's making the decision on who to bring in for an event or a training. Um, there's nothing that replaces that. So the best marketing you do or for as a speaker 
is being in the room where it happens and, 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 you know, someone being able to talk about the experience that they had. Um, the second is to have a good demo reel, right? There's also the nothing that replaces you interacting and capturing that on video. Um, you know, there's a ton of ways to make a demo reel. Um, but that's an important one and, and have a place where they can find you and learn about your programs. So having a really good website where you can have that demo, um, yeah, are, are absolutely key. Someone said to me, if you, um, if you have pictures of yourself on a stage, even someone else's stage, that really carries weight. You can use this in your LinkedIn banner image on your website. Um, what if someone has none of this? They're starting off, they have no show reel, demo reel. What could they do to generate that sort of, um, let's call it social proof? So there's, there's a variety of things. One is there, when you start, uh, we, there's a saying, speakers speak. So there's plenty of organizations that have recurring weekly or monthly type of meetings that are always looking for speakers. So do your homework, talk to, you know, talk to people that are actually doing it, get referred to some of these places. Um, and, and so there's nothing that replaces getting it in the room with actual people, but. I, I tell people I've been doing this for 10 years. I've never liked my demo reel, Mark, because I always think that there could be a bigger stage, better video, you know, better audio, right? You're always just very self-critical. So you have to work with what you have. And in the beginning, it may be that you go into a school or a church and you just get up on a stage and you, you know, you set up a couple cameras. Uh, maybe you invite some friends and bribe them with a little pizza and beer, right? Um, and you've, you know, you recreate what it would be like for you either giving a keynote or facilitating a workshop. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, to starting out, um, again, work, work with what you have and, and find a way to make it work through either doing pro bono or, just organizing what you need. You have um, from the um, NSA, National Speakers Association, a CSP certification, Certified Speaking Professional. What weight does that carry and, and why did you get that? So the, the CSP for people that aren't aware of it, and I think it's important with any type of credential that you, you're promoting it and you're making people aware of what makes so it's, it's a differentiator. It's the highest earned credential within the speaking profession, professional speaking profession. Um, you have to show, um, 250 paid engagements over at least a five year period with there are certain income requirements. But more importantly, it's pure. You have to submit a, a video that's pure, blind, peer reviewed. You have to have, um, you know, dozens of client testimonials, um, that they actually, and, and you have to document all of your engagements, uh, over that period. Um, so it's a pretty rigorous, you have to do a little bit of an ethics, um, requirement and, um, 
So you know, there's a variety of things that you have to do. So much so that I think it's less than 6% of people that are in the association have the credential. Um, and less than, a, I think, just over maybe a 1,000 people since they've started issuing it have achieved it. Um, so it was just important for me, you know, this is my, my, I think anything that you do as a profession, it's always important to continue to learn and be inspired by your fellow professionals. So I, uh, I joined, uh, going back about seven years ago. And when I found about it, I said, I'm just going to start to track this and make it a goal. And I think it's always important to have something to shoot for and, and to achieve. Okay. In terms of um, what's next for you and the brand, I take it you're a, a one-person business like many of us listening. Independent entrepreneur, yeah. Right. Independent entrepreneur. What, what's around the corner or what's uh, the plan for the next couple of years? Yeah. So my, my f- the, the 10 years and 11 colors in this, I ne- never envisioned it being a whole series of books, Mark. Um, and uh, the majority I've written with co-authors, which makes it a lot easier to write books. Um, so 14 of the 17, I have, excuse me, 13 of the 17, I have co-authors. Um, you know, so it, it really, you know, the struggle for me is either do I, do I continue with the series and add more colors? And I think the focus for me now is to get a little more specific on what I do and, um, start to add to that material, but in a way that makes it easier for people to apply. So if the, my first 10 years was about kind of creating that awareness, now I want to see the more of the penetration and getting the application of the principles. So that that's going to be the focus for me, at least for the next few years, if not for the next decade. Right. Stan, where can people find out more about you? I think we've mentioned a couple of links, but let's hear them from you. Sure. Um, what the majority of time I spend is on LinkedIn. So linkedin.com forward slash Stan Phelps. Um, I write there almost every day under a hashtag called the 1299. And then the, whether it's, uh, e-speakers is a for finding speakers or you can go to my website, which is stanphelpsspeaks.com. Okay. I'll provide those links in the show notes to this week's episode. Stan, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Mark. My thanks to Stan for being my guest today. And you can check out Stan by visiting his website over at stanphelpsspeaks.com. And Stan's also mentioned a couple of links, and I will provide those in the show notes to the episode over at trainingbusiness.com. Now, needless to say, if you have a question or a suggestion, maybe you're thinking of some authors or some other people that you'd like to have on the show. We've had some pretty big names on the show, so please let me know whom you'd like me to approach, and we can see if we can get them on the show. My email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com. I read all emails personally and reply individually. And my team, Sam, Joe, James, Turul, and I, of course, appreciate your loyalty and your time today. So please click on the follow button or the subscribe button 
to be notified of great episodes as they come out on your podcast platform of choice, whatever that is, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or something else. There is a fresh episode of the show next Thursday. I look forward to seeing you then. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.